The Crotchety Old Man Podcast is not a registered investment, legal, or tax advisor, or a broker-dealer. All investment financial opinions expressed by or on the Crotchety Old Man Podcast are from the personal research and experience of the owner of the site and are intended as educational material. Although best efforts are made to ensure that all information is accurate and up-to-date, occasionally unintended errors and misprints may occur. Before you invest or make any investment-based decisions, consider your own personal circumstances. You should do your own research and seek advice from a financial professional. Greetings, greetings, and greetings for another happy Thursday with the Crotchety Old Man's Podcast. Well, today brings us another bright, sunny day, and with me in the studio again is my partner in crime, George Crumley. Good morning, George. Hey, Gary. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Yes, indeed it is. Another wonderful day to be alive. You know, we're going to talk about REITs today, real estate investment trusts, uh, something that we... Uh, have some experience in, wouldn't you say, George? Absolutely. Uh, being a real estate agent uh, and working with investors, you know, you're always looking at multiple ways to invest. So uh, as far as just having maybe dirt, that's what we think about traditionally. And I say dirt, I mean, you know, your regular residential apartments and things like that, any kind of land kind of development. But I think uh, when you start talking about REITs, you talk about a different uh form of investment in real estate. So yeah, I'm really excited and anxious to start talk, talking about REITs today. Yeah, well, you know what, let's give them a little taste of what exactly a REIT is. And then and we can kind of open up from there. Uh, when you hear the acronym REIT, which is R-E-I-T, uh, stands for Real Estate Investment Trust. So obviously the question becomes, well, so what's a real estate investment trust? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> real estate investment <laughs> I guess, I guess that's because, you know, since we're older, we basically talk that way. We we ask our question, we answer the question. That just comes with age. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so anyway, so a real estate investment trust is companies that own or finance income producing real estate across a wide uh, sector of different properties. Uh, you have your apartment REITs, you have office REITs, self-storage REITs, uh, land REITs, uh, single tenant net lease reach, which I'm most familiar with. So there's a plethora of choices out there in the marketplace for those investors. And this is for uh, passive investors, wouldn't you say, George? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, when I think of a REIT, um, first thing that comes to mind is a mutual fund. Mm -hmm. So for our audience, listening out audience, if you're familiar with mutual funds, you're talking about a collection of different funds that create one fund uh, with one uh, amount for investment. So when I think about a REIT here again, when you talk about um, real estate, it may be multiple apartments all co uh, gathered together to make one stock fund. Is that is that right? Am I tracking right with that, Gary? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it is a, a stock fund. Um, when you're buying a REIT, you are buying or investing into a security. Uh, that's traded on the uh, the stock exchanges, but primarily New York Stock Exchange, and so uh, it, it gets the same type of benefit uh, from from uh, that sort of investment as well. What REITs does, though, however, is it allows anyone to invest in the portfolio of their uh, comfort zone. What I mean by that, if you tend to have uh, better comfort for apartment properties, let's say, particularly since that's a hot topic right now in the last couple of years. Uh, multifamily development, multifamily uh, income and revenues, 
has been soaring and moving over to the right of the curve. So uh, an investor who may not have the uh, capability or the capital to invest in a, d a direct ownership of an apartment property can easily, from a passive uh, position, invest into a REIT that invests in apartments. Matter of fact, invest in apartment properties either across the nation or maybe invest in properties in, in a specific region. Yeah, exactly. You know, what I find is interesting is the uh, um, the cannabis industry. Uh, the fact that, you know, folks may not know that you can invest in a REIT, uh, basically invest in uh, mm -hmm. warehousing uh, for cannabis. So, mm -hmm. so basically what you're doing is you may have 10 different uh, manufacturers, each with their own warehouse. As we know, we got to, you know, you got to store the cannabis somewhere. So you've got 10 different uh, companies that uh, have warehouses, you know, located in different uh, cities within the United States. But they basically you have one organization that's pulled them all together for a, a, a REIT. So now it, this is a stock that you can buy over the exchange, which invests in warehousing for cannabis. Wow. Wow. So what I'm hearing you say then, George, is that most REITs, uh, they focus on a particular property type. And where that now you have a level of specialization because it sounds like you're saying that, okay, you can actually specialize and, and invest in a REIT that specializes in primarily the warehouses for cannabis versus. Absolutely. Wow. wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, um, you know, and that's what you want to do invest in when you're investing is you want to, you know, stay in particular industries because that's where the growth is, you know, back to your uh, earlier column. Uh, comments about um, owning uh, apartment buildings, buildings uh, that have REITs um, or office buildings, uh, you know, because of the way the industry is growing, uh, these REITs have done very well over the last couple of years because um, of the purchase of these particular buildings and the use of these particular buildings. Oh, yeah, no doubt. As a matter of fact, George, historically, uh, REITs have delivered some very competitive total returns uh, based upon, you know, the high steady dividend income and long-term capital appreciation that REITs offer. Um, when you compare this and they're, they're low, and I don't want to get too technical with the correlation of, in uh, comparison to other investments out there, but REITs collectively, uh, because of the risk-reward aspect, because it's so diversified, that it certainly kind of minimizes the exposure to risk as opposed to just buying the one-off deals, maybe, you know, a one-off apartment property or a one-off cannabis uh, warehouse. Whereas then now you have the leverage of many, I should say many, but several of the same type of properties. So it's certainly from an investment perspective, it gives you uh, a little hedge against um, risk. Have you seen um, over the uh, in this industry in any one particular uh, segment where REITs have really done exceptionally well? I know you just spoke and said they have been in, as a general uh, rule, but um, are you seeing any one particular industry where they're doing better than others? Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's take, for instance, net lease, for instance, uh, your net lease properties. Uh, when I mean by net lease, I'm talking about your dollar generals. Uh, your advanced auto park properties, your KFCs, your Burger Kings and uh, Chipotle's and, and uh, businesses such as that. 
are doing very, very well. And, and here's several reasons why. One, they're in a pandemic uh, proof type of industry. What I mean by that? Well, these have been deemed, most of the ones that I rattled off there have been deemed to be essential businesses. So they were not affected or impacted nearly as much as, let's say, for instance, the hospitality in industry, such as hotels. And there are, are hotel REITs and stuff out there. But the single tenant net lease REITs have done extraordinarily well in that, to the same point I mentioned that they're uh, uh, pandemic proof, if you will, uh, they're business essential. And because of the le uh, relatively business model of the net lease uh, industry, which means that there are no landlord responsibilities, it gives the REITs even more leverage to, to return even higher yields on the investments in those particular properties. Gary, I'm going to let you uh, break this down a little bit more for our audience because they may not understand what a net lease is because you just rattle off a bunch of business names, uh, Burger King and, and Chipotle and some of the others. So if I'm, you know, I'm the average listener, I may think that I'm actually investing in these particular companies, but I think I'm going to allow you to break it down a little bit more and let them know they're actually not investing in the company. They're actually investing in uh, the buildings and the land in which uh, they're actually sitting. Am, am I correct in that assumption? Yeah, you, yes, you are, George. You know, what a net lease investment is, um, let me see, and it's plain and simple as this. I'm going to use an example of a dollar general, but these companies are, tend to be what we call investment grade. Now, what is investment grade? It just means that they're good credit risk. Uh, you're on your low end, your investment, your, your lowest end on investment grade deal is a triple B. Yeah, triple B. And it's the same ratings that's given to bonds. So uh, when you go from triple B all the way to uh, the triple A's and the A's uh, ratings of companies, it just means that the higher up, the better their credit is. OK, the stronger their credit is. So an investor could sleep well at night knowing that you got a tenant such as, let's say, a Dollar General. Uh, in your building. And to your point, you're not investing in Dollar General. What you're investing in is that the capability of Dollar General being able to pay the rent for as long as they commit in the lease. So it's, for our security purposes and risk exposure, it would be better if you had a tenant such as a Dollar General in there as your tenant who you can, you know, that well, Dollar General has been around for the past 20 years or so. Uh, they're building a lot of stores, and if uh, you look out and see them advertised on TV, so you rest pretty sure that, yeah, they're going to be around for at least another five or ten years. Versus if, if it was your local deli down the street or, or a donut shop that's uh, from a local uh, bakery, let's say, that's renting that space. Well, you don't know a whole lot about them. Uh, there's no way for you to tell whether or not they're making money or not. So as a tenant, that's a little bit riskier. So when you look at net lease, there's three components to it. You want a solid tenant, such as I explained, as far as a Dollar General versus your local baker. And then number two, you want a long-term lease. What's considered long? Eh, basically 10 years. That way, you don't have to be concerned about whether or not that rent is going to uh, be steady or not because it's steady and predictable, predictable cash flow to you, the investor. And then lastly, you got a good building. You didn't have to go out and look for the building. Dollar General found the building that they wanted to ha have built. 
They build it. They paid all the cost of construction and everything. So now all you have to do is now you invest in that particular invest in that land and that building. And so to Georgia, your point, you own the property, you got a good tenant, and they promise to be there for at least 10 years, and you don't have to pay any money as far as taxes, insurance, or maintenance on the building. That's a single tenant, triple net lease deal. Wow, that sounds great. So so just to kind of sum it up here again for my listeners, basically, if I buy a REIT, I'm not actually investing the fact that um, Chipotle or, or Dollar General is going to be profitable. I'm basically investing the fact that they're going to pay their rent. Exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. I mean, that's great to know from an investor perspective, because just on the surface, you you may not realize that. And and I mean, here again, if I'm going to invest in Chipotle, I'm basically in their stock and I'm saying basically, you know, are they going to sell enough, you know, dinners to make the profit, you know, to make the projections and then for their stock to go up. But if I'm investing in a REIT that has, um, that particular uh, entity in their portfolio, I'm just basically uh, making money on the fact that they're going to pay their rent every month. I mean, that's a sweet deal. So yeah, here again, I'm 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 going to stuff a lot, a lot of these in my portfolio. You know, it's because you know here again, it's a safer investment. And anytime we go into uh, investing in the market, you know, we talked about that uh, at one of our other Thursday calls. You know, promise money. You know, yeah. so hey. We want to make sure that uh, this this gets as close to you know promised money as possible. So yeah, I mean this is great. This is great information, Gary. Really great. And you know, George, so often um, in retirement programs such as your four hundred one ks and other um, alternative investments, many times this REIT market is overlooked, and because of the misunderstanding about them. Uh, anybody can buy them. Um, you, you, you just uh, you, you talk to your financial advisor or if you're a member of Robinhood or, or TD American Trade or Morningstar or any of those other platforms out there, uh, there, you can go out and buy them. And the cost is not nearly as expensive, expensive as if you were to go and try to buy a property on your own. Here's a good way with REITs to um, the liquidity. Let's talk about liquidity because a lot of times people ask about how do they get their money back? Or how soon can you get your money back? And uh, with a REIT, it's almost like it is a stock. So with a REIT, you can get your money back just by selling it on open market. Isn't that correct? That's a, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I've got several REITs in my portfolio. Um, and, um, you know, I'm, I've been watching them grow and I'm very, very happy with them. Absolutely. You know, I, <laughs> And uh, we're not giving investment advice and all that sort of stuff here, as we always say in our disclaimer. But, you know, I would urge you, urge anyone to Google it, go online, educate yourself. Because remember what we always say here on the Crotchety Old Men's Podcast, that the key to success is to continue to educate yourself. Absolutely. 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 Well, Gary, I mean, I've enjoyed this conversation today. Um, As usual, we've provided some here again, some pearls of wisdom. Uh, We provide some information on REITs, which uh, hopefully folks will take a look at and go out and do some additional research on to to, uh, you know, bolster their uh, portfolio. Another avenue of something to invest in. 
Uh, we got a couple of other uh, episodes coming up. Uh, you touched a little bit on uh, commercial real estate, and so I'm really excited about that that talk. I'm sure that when we get into that, uh, it's going to be really informative uh, because uh, that's probably one of the most overlooked uh, investment opportunities that uh, you know we miss. Okay, Gary, as usual, that was some really good information. So you want to go ahead and close this out? Yes, absolutely. And I'm going to close with a quote. People want to take your spot until they realize what it takes to play your position. Until next Thursday. <laughs> Should I repeat it? <laughs> yeah, well, we go give them that one again, Gary. I, that was great, man. I wasn't expecting that. Get <laughs> us up one more time, man. Okay. Here we go. People want to take your spot until they realize what it takes to play your position. Wow. That's great, man. Great to go out on it. As usual, peace. Hi, this is Paul with the Crotchety Old Man. Hey, if you like what you're hearing from the Crotchety Old Man podcast, hit that subscribe or follow button on Google, Spotify, or iHeartRadio podcasts. You can also send us feedback or topics you would like to hear discussed. Send us your comments to info at the crotchety old men podcast.com. Once again, that's info at the crotchety old men podcast.com or visit our website at www.thecrotchetyoldmenpodcast for previous episodes. Mm-hmm.